The big worry last summer was the possibility of states across the country defaulting on their debts. Now it appears most states have turned the corner, seeing an uptick in their collections of sales and income taxes. This summer, the pressure is on local governments like New York City's, which are struggling with cuts in state aid. We turn to Josh Zeitz, a research analyst at the brokerage firm MF Global, for help understanding this. Welcome to the Financial 411, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Why will local governments, as you put it, feel more pain in the coming year than state governments? There are three reasons. First of all, it's that most states have actually balanced their budgets this year by making steep cuts to municipal and county aid. That's aid that goes directly to local governments and by making steep cuts to public education, which is largely a local function. Uh, the second reason is that they are going to see, for the second year in a row, declining property tax collections. Uh, property tax revenues tend to lag behind other taxes in a recessionary period because it takes a year or two for declining property values to be reassessed now that most have been reassessed uh, lower than they were before the Great Recession. Uh, property tax collections are expected to continue dropping off. And the third reason that local governments will see a problem is that you see a, a steady increase in personnel costs. This is the largest fixed cost for most local governments, and that comes in the form of salaries and benefits. I'm surprised that personnel costs will still be a factor because there have been so many local-level layoffs. Well, that's how local governments uh, effectively deal with with the sharp decline in resources, studies have found that 74% actually of government units have resorted to hiring freezes. About half uh, froze wages last year, and a, a little more than a third of them actually resorted to layoffs. What is interesting is this is a sort of vicious circle, if you will. To give you a sort of made-up example, if you have a 100-person police force and you can't come to some agreement with the local police union about how to maybe furlough or get a wage give back from the police officers, you might decide that you're going to lay off 20 of those police officers, but you still have a need to keep the streets safe and you still have a need to keep certain areas of the city policed. So you end up spending a lot of money on overtime. And so oftentimes it can be more expensive, believe it or not, to actually resort to that. You write in your institute's Muni Finance Bulletin that investors should look at cities and counties on a case-by-case basis. So let's take a look at New York. Where does New York stand? Well, you know, New York City and most municipalities in New York State are a little different from the rest of the country. I mean, New York City, first of all, doesn't own complete control of its own finances since the fiscal crisis of the 1970s. It has had to clear certain portions of its budget and its revenue side decisions through the state and through a control board. The second big piece that's different about New York City and that's different about New York State in general is that New York City has to cover part of its citizens' Medicaid budget. Most states handle Medicaid as a strict partnership between the federal government and the state government. In New York State, it is oftentimes a tripartite uh, partnership between the state, the municipality, and the federal government. And so, you know, New York City faces the same kind of pressure that states have been facing and that medical costs are increasing uh, at a clip far in excess of general inflation. But, you know, New York City, it it obviously has many things going for it that smaller local units of government uh, in places that are harder hit than this part of the world uh, are facing right now. So, you know, it certainly has certain structural benefits that, that other places don't. 
as states do better, doesn't that mean municipalities and counties will see more state aid, or has something fundamentally shifted in that relationship? There's probably a long-term shift in that relationship, because although most states are going to experience a year-over-year, a modest year-over-year increase in tax collections this year, which is to say they'll have uh, slightly more resources this year than they did last year, and that's a good thing, the states still face long-term structural budget deficits. And what we mean by that is a structural budget deficit is the difference between a state's resources on the one hand and what it would need to spend in order to keep pace with inflation uh, and with population growth on the other. And the problem is is that this increase in resources has not been close to enough to close the structural budget deficit. What can the average citizen expect from their local government? Less services? I think it's very likely that a lot of local governments will have to face another round of personnel cost savings in the form uh, either of layoffs or pay freezes or furloughs, and that necessarily takes its toll on services. We're not out of the weeds yet. Josh Zeitz is a research analyst at the brokerage firm MF Global. Thanks for joining us on the 411. Thanks very much. Greece lawmakers approved a new austerity plan that's needed to get an infusion of emergency loans, and that pushed markets higher today. The Dow rose 73 points, ending at 12,261. The Nasdaq added 11 points, closing at 2,740, and the S&P 500 settled at 1,307 after gaining 11 points. This is the Financial 411 on WNYC.